to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, as you go down through here, notice now in verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, you have a man here, the Apostle Peter, and he's taken to prison. But remember, what does Herod want to do with this man? He wants to also bring him before the people. You see there, when he made a statement that he's going to bring him before the people in verse 4, he intended after Easter to bring him forth to the people for the same person of cutting off his head. So... If you were Peter, I don't believe Peter is that worried about it. Because God had already told him in the book of John that you're going to probably live to be a, a, a little bit older and they're going to carry you where thou would have not. And I believe it was a reference to the crucifixion. But anyway, he is now in prison. The people in the church all get together and are Praying for deliverance of this man. Now, I don't know if they prayed for James or not. It doesn't say. Or that was just, they were caught off guard. But here they prayed for Peter. Church was made prayer without ceasing unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. All right, here's a man in a cell. Now, I don't know how relaxed he was, but he didn't have his shoes on. He had his robe taken off, and he's sleeping between these two soldiers. And chances are he was chained to one and chained to the other, because it says he had chains on him. And sleeping between two soldiers. When he talks about there in uh, verse 4, about these four uh, quintillions, what he's talking about is there's 16 soldiers. And they have four on each shift for four watches. And so they had to watch and make sure that nothing happens to a prisoner so they don't escape. And if anybody escapes, what usually happens to the guards? They were killed. And I believe that's what happened to them. But now look what he says. In verse 7, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and said, Wake up! He kicked him with his foot. Can you see that? You saw that. He says, And raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and 
bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Now see, the angel did what only the angel could do. But what Peter could do, Peter had to do. See, serving the Lord is God doing what you can't do and you doing what you can do. And then you get something done. So in verse 9, And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he was a vision. And Lord, he think, he's dreaming all of this. This is a dream. I'm dreaming all that. I have had dreams that I thought was very real, and that I thought that I woke up in the middle of my dream. And when I woke up in the middle of my dream, I thought that I am now really awake. And that that's not a dream. Only to wake up later and find out what I was thinking that I was awake. I wasn't awake. I was dreaming that I was awake. And I wasn't awake. I was still dreaming. You ever done that? You ever get confused? I have been so confused in my dreams, it's unreal. That's what it is. It's unreal. But anyway, he thought he was in a vision. And he says here in the last part of verse 9, But thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second word, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out. Didn't you see a movie being made of stuff like this? This is awesome stuff. The Bible has the most interesting stories of little miracles and things like happen. You know, people appearing, disappearing. The strongest man in the world, Samson, and the wisest man, Solomon. All these things that's in the Bible. These are awesome stories. I love the stories in the Bible. And um, it says here in verse 11, When Peter was come to himself, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel. Now he's fully aware, hey, this isn't a dream. This is real. Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews, he knew God has delivered me. See, sometimes we need to understand that there is a thing called the providence of God. It's where you just do all the right you know to do, and you believe somehow, some way, God is going to do whatever he wants. And you can't wait to find out how he's going to do something. Or to believe that, you know, God has things timed in your life and that God has a reason that works behind the scenes that you don't make happen. And you just find yourself enjoying the ride. And you find out that God has allowed you to touch this person or this person or this thing and so forth. There's a God, even the people who put this country together years ago, they simply did what they knew was the right thing to do, but they really didn't understand how they were going to win even the Revolutionary War. Because they knew that they were taking on the greatest world power at that time, the British Empire, and there's no way they should be able to win. And when you read some of the stories about George Washington and Valley Forge and all these things, in the dead of winter time, they had no shoes, they had no food, they had no clothing, and there's no way they should have won anything. But they just kept on winning, kept on winning. And lo and behold, 
we have a country. And it says that their firm reliance upon the providence of God. Though they gave their lives and their fortunes and their sacred honor, but with firm reliance upon the providence of God. We're going to do what we do and stand for what we believe is right, even though we don't see how we're going to win, but because it's right, we're going to trust God does what God can do. That's the providence of God. Do you believe that God has worked in your life? Not because you planned it, but because God has planned it. You and I are supposed to believe that. That there's a God behind the scenes that works. And why He lets some things happen to some people and not other people, you cannot explain it. Why I am still alive and God took Hank Lindstrom, I don't know. But I know some people that have lived a lot longer than I have. Ray Stanford is 25 years older than me. I've always kept track of how old he is because I knew how old I was. He's 25 years older than me. And I was noticing the other day at the Dare to Share that um, Greg Steer, well, I'm about 24, 25 years older than him. And I thought, I'm as older than him as Ray is than me. And Ray's still here. And yet, look at how many other people that I know that have already passed away. Why? I don't know. But I believe that God has reasons on why He allows certain things to happen. We're supposed to believe it, though we do not understand it. But Peter now knows God is opening the door. God is loosening the chains and the iron door and able to get out of there without wakening the guards. God is doing this. Peter's not doing this. And he says in verse 12, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. You ought to underline that. Where many were gathered together praying. I wonder what they were praying for. I wonder what they were praying. Remember, they were praying that he would get out of prison. Because it says down there in verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So they were praying for Peter. And I'm sure they weren't praying, Oh, Lord, let the sword be swift. <laughs> Don't let him hurt. I, I, they probably were praying for his release, that God would intervene somehow. And they knew if God doesn't do it, he, he doesn't get out of this. There's some things that... Only God can get you out of. God will allow you and me to get in such a jam sometimes that nothing can get us out of it except God. And that's the way sometimes God wants you to be, where you have no other means of support except you just got to trust the Lord. And God wants to work a miracle, and He wants to get the credit for it. What I did the other day, I was up there yesterday at the hospital with little uh, Giovanna. And I says, um, can I ask you a question? She says, yep. I says, what does an 11-year-old girl pray to God for? I said, you ever talk to God? She said, mm-hmm. I said, what do you ask God for? She says, that I can get out of here. I want to go home. And she'd been in the hospital for so many years, you know, off and on back. I said, well, let me ask you another question. I said, if God would get you well so that you could go home, 
Would you thank the Lord for making you well? And would you tell other people what Jesus did for you? She said, yes, I'll do that. I says, can I have a word of prayer for you? She said, yeah. I says, can I pray and then you repeat after me? She says, okay. I said, okay. Dear Father, dear Father, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. She said the same. I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that. And then right now, I do trust him as my Savior, and I believe I'm God's child. She said all of that. Now, she may have already trusted the Lord. I don't know. I'm just, I like going over it again. <laughs> and uh, I says, Lord, help me to get well. She says, Lord, help me to get well. And Lord, if you make me well, I'll tell people what you did for me. I'll tell people what you did for me. I prayed a little bit more. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So anyway, I smiled at her. Anyway, I was holding her hand on the whole time, you know. She says, when I get well, I'm coming to church. I says, okay. She got out of the hospital this afternoon, and she came straight to church. Now, Mama wasn't there when I talked to her, but you never know what God can do and work in that little girl's life. And so... Uh, I want you to pray for her. Uh, I don't know the situation or what's happened concerning her leukemia, the test, or the cancer. Did you know anything, hon? Did she say anything? Yes, and it didn't come back like it was. It was just okay, so just keep praying for the little girl. And always believe that God can work things that are beyond us. That's why we pray. But anyway, it says here at, um, in verse 13, and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to a hearken uh, named Rhoda, which is name of a rose. A lot of the, the girls, uh, they would be named after like a lily or a tree or a plant, something like that there. So they had a lot of names like that. But it says in verse 14, And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And said unto her, they said unto her, Thou art mad. Now remember, they're in there having prayer meeting praying that Peter would get free, and he's at the gate, and she tells him, and it says, you're, you're crazy, girl. You're mad. Well, nothing like faith, huh? Nothing like faith. And, uh, but she const constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, it is his angel. In other words, he's dead. He's been already assassinated. That's his spirit. Uh, but Peter continued knocking. When they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Nothing like believing in your prayers. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he says, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went unto another place. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers, which was become of Peter. What in the world happened to this guy? When Herod had sought for him, found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. So they were put to death because, you know, they could not explain. What happened to him? He went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. Now, at Caesarea, and I mentioned this the other day, I, I've been there a number of times, and um, you can still see the, uh, the Roman aqueducts there, and you can see the, the places where they would have the Colosseum. 
and where they would have a place for lions and things like that, and gladiators would fight. They had all these things still there. But anyway, he, he went there. Now, there is no historical record that explains why, in verse 20, the things here are said. It's not recorded. Now, Josephus, I've got his whole collection, and I've read a lot of it, and uh, it explains a few things about, you know, Herod, and how that, um, you know, he was about 70 years old, and uh, he was in very bad physical condition, and that he was going to die, and in one place it talks about there was this eagle up there above his head and things like that, you know, and he took it as a bad omen, and he got very sick and uh, in, in his bowels and so forth, and uh, he just bust open, and worms were eating him all up. And, but it was all because he'd gone to the place there and uh, maybe, you know, gave a big speech, and they thought, it's the voice of a God, the voice of a God. Well, he accepted all the praise and the honor and the glory. But look what he says here in verse 20. Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. Now, they were still under the Roman Empire. And even back in times of Solomon's day, uh, they would deliver food and things like that to them. And it talks about they were nourished by the king's country. In other words, they received most, I guess, of their goods provisions that they lived off of uh, from them. And so something had happened, but it doesn't say what it was. But they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, at one time that used to be just a reference to, uh, you know, the like the, the bed chambers where they took care of things. And, uh, but then later on he talks about the, um, uh, like a household manager, somebody that was over their household and all. But anyway, he says, their friend desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. So it was under Roman rule. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel. And according to um, Josephus, he was decked in like silver. And early in the mornings as he sat there, the sun came up and the, the rays of the sun shining upon his silver made him glitter like, you know, like a, a, you know, a light and glory. And so um, anyway, it says he was arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout saying, it's the voice of a God. And not of a man. Well, immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. Now, according to Josephus, who was a Jewish historian at this time, uh, makes the statement that he died five days later and that he had gone to uh, the place up in uh, on the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. There's a place up on the right hand side where they have hot springs. I've been there. First time I went there was with Hank Lindstrom 26 years ago. And uh, so he went to these hot springs and evidently it didn't do much for him. They bathed him in oil and all kinds of stuff like that. But he was eaten alive and says that he was just eaten up with worms. And so it was a horrible, horrible death. And Josephus even mentions that. And it says here, And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. And the word of God tells us the reason that all that happened 
was because he did not give glory to God. Now, the thing that I learned from this verse is you make sure it almost scares you sometimes when people either praise you or lift you up on a pedestal. Because if you start believing everything you hear, it could be bad news. You ever have somebody say, no, he's going to, don't say anything good, he'll, he'll get the big head. What do they mean by he'll get the big head? The head don't grow. Still save the same size. But a big head because you start believing all those things about, you know, man, I am great. You know, I am pretty good. You know, I am the best. Boy, I'm, I'm somebody. And um, I'll have to admit this. The other night at the uh, Dare to Share, Greg asked me if I would come up on the stage. And uh, I've, I've been to some before, but, I've, you know, I, I just didn't do it. But when I went up there, somebody started hollering, Yankee, Yankee. Next thing you know, the whole thing was doing Yankee, Yankee. I thought, my stars. <laughs> I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. I called um, Greg Steer later. He said, Yankee, wasn't that awesome? I said, yeah. But in my mind, I know, I got to watch. I don't believe all this stuff. Because, you know, you know how quickly people can turn against you. Just like that. And you got to make sure that you give honor and glory to the Lord for whatever is done in your life. I know that I've lived long enough to see I didn't plan all of this. It's awesome, but I didn't do it. I just thank the Lord for whatever's done, but God did this. God did this. God, all by the mercy of God. God is so good. And in your life, to make sure that you praise the Lord for whatever's done and accomplished through your life. Because as I read this, it scares me to death. I would not want to die like this. I would rather they just take off my head, clean at one swift thing, than to be eaten alive with worms. And to be able to look at the worms eating me up. <laughs> what a terrible way to go. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because, because, he gave not God the glory. I think that's one of the things that God wants from us, is he wants the praise, the honor, and the glory for whatever's accomplished in our life. In verse 24, get this, but the word of God grew and multiplied. What was Herod's goal? To stop the church. See there, whenever you straw off this thing here, and it says in verse 1, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. His goal was to stop the church. And if he can kill these two men, he's done it. Now after this, you don't hear much about Peter. Because the scene is going to change. It's over with in Jerusalem. Later on, yes, they did send, you know, uh, some help to the poor saints at Jerusalem because of the famine that they were going through. But look in verse 25. Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now, there's a, a story about John Mark, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but... 
It tells us that there was a problem that developed on a missionary journey. And they had taken this young kid with them. And evidently, he didn't do something right or he quit the ministry. And Paul did not want him to go with him anymore. So there came a, a problem between Paul and Barnabas, and they split ways. And so that's when Barnabas took John Mark and went on their journey, and Paul went to his journey. But years later, he says, bring John Mark, for he is profitable unto me in the ministry. So whatever happened, John Mark got his act together, and it just shows you that, you know, not everybody fulfills their responsibility at, at one time and never strays. But just, just give people time. Let people fall and make mistakes and get back up and walk with the Lord and use people. And I think God will bless us for doing so. Anyway, the next chapter we get into, the book of Acts chapter 13. This is good stuff. You're starting to talk about the Apostle Paul. Look up here. Now I know that you in here have already trusted Christ as your Savior. But we may have people that are watching by internet. And they may not totally understand. We never know who is going to be listening at any given time. And if there's anything that I want. If I was up there and I was listening to the program tonight. And I, if I didn't know where I was going to go when I died. I'd want to know. And I would say, man, I hope that preacher makes it clear. Now, I don't know if that say that, but I'm saying it for them. So I'm going to say this because I know you want me to say it. This and represent you and me. God says that he loves us. But we've all sinned. This represents sin. We've all got sin on us. And God says that he loves us, but he hates our sin. And because of sin, the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, just as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. The Bible says that you and I cannot save ourselves. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done. Not of works, lest any man should boast. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us, hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took all the sins upon himself, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead, and said that if we would believe that he did this for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That is the gift of God. It's free. It's not something you and I earn or work for. And God says, once you believe it, he gives to you as a free gift everlasting life. And he says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So can you know you have eternal life? Yes, you can know it. When can you know it? The very moment you believe it. If you believe it right now, he puts that payment right now to your account, and you can know that right now you have eternal life. And he says, I'll never cast you out, and I'll never lose you. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. And we're thankful so much for Jesus Christ coming into the world, dying to pay for our sins. Came back from the dead. Nobody's ever had the power to come back from the dead. Not on their own. 
And Father, we're thankful that Jesus Christ did and that he arose, ascended into heaven, and is coming again. We ask your blessings upon each one here. For those that are watching by internet, we pray, Lord, that if there's any that have never trusted your Savior, that right now the best they know how, they would believe that you did it for them and that by believing they can have eternal life by trusting you and you alone. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.